Laura, welcome. We're sitting in the beautiful Deloitte greenhouse today in Dubai, the same emirate where COP28 will be held later this year out at Expo City. As someone who's been at the forefront of government and public sector, I'm keen to understand your perspective. Laura, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Now, with COP28 around the corner, what are the key outcomes you're expecting from this conference of parties? I think this one's going to be really interesting. Um, As we know, this is the first time that we're getting the global stock take, which will tell us how countries are performing against their pledges. Um, I think we'll probably see that we've got a lot of work left to do. So what I'm hoping is that that will then instigate more commitments, more solid actions around those commitments. Um, I think a big part of that is going to be investments. Um, You know, there's a lot of uh, change needed. It's going to cost a lot of money. And so seeing real commitments around how much money is going to be spent to action that change will be important. On your topic of investment, it's often seen, I think, in the world of climate change that there is a trade-off or perhaps a a playoff between the ability to enact policy around climate change and your ability to be competitive as an an economy. What's your take on that? I think it's important to think of this not as um, against, not as versus, but as a complement, right? Um, You know, the, the countries of this region are undergoing huge diversification plans right now. And I think transition to more sustainable economic practices is actually uh, an impetus for that diversification. There's a lot of innovation in this space. This is definitely a way for GCC countries to distinguish themselves um, and to enable the uh, flourishing of new industries that they didn't have before. Um, I also think it's important because, you know, foreign direct investment is a big uh, part of that those diversification plans. International companies increasingly are being held to account by their stakeholders and their customers for their sustainability practices. So in order to attract that investment going forward, countries in this region really need to think about how they can fulfill that aspect and still uh, attract that kind of investment. Yeah. And in your role, the lead of the the government and public sector Mm -hmm. um, for sustainable initiatives here at Deloitte Middle East, what sort of key trends have you seen across those cities, across those government entities? Yeah. So focusing on cities, uh, you know, there's been a lot of um, activity around smart cities um, for for several years now. Um, I think sometimes it can have a, a negative connotation in terms of technology for technology's sake. But if used properly, these really do represent huge opportunities for us to put technology into the way that we're running things to, you know, improve efficiency, to reduce wastage, to get utilization to the exact right point, um, and and make sure that the the way that the cities are delivering their services is in the greenest way possible. Um, I think some of the other trends that we need to think about is some of the areas where fossil fuel industry is prominent have very little uh, other uh, economic diversity and and few other opportunities for people to have. Um, rewarding employment. So I think another trend that we're going to hopefully see is more push around economic diversification, specifically in those areas that need it, in order to make sure that there's still, um, you know, rewarding uh, opportunities for the people that live there. Yeah, absolutely. And then I suppose from a more physical perspective, from the master planning and urban development side, mm-hmm. what sort of developments have you seen in the region and, and can the rest of the world learn from these at all? Mobility is a huge thing here. Um, you know, Dubai has made a lot of investments around EV infrastructure and encouraging the adoption of that. Um, we've seen Green Riyadh, the Riyadh Metro uh, com- coming will be a big change. Um, I think also just in terms of walkability, getting people to walk places and avoid getting into their cars in the first place is really important. That can be very difficult in this part of the world, uh, given that it's not comfortable to be outside for a good few months of the year. 
Um, so Dubai has done a lot around making the city more walkable, providing indoor walkways. Um, and I think across the world, as cities are facing, uh, you know, a warming climate, there's a lot to learn uh, from those types of infrastructure adjustments. Absolutely. And then from a sectoral perspective, we're hoping, of course, COP28 brings together a lot of sectors that uh, need to be at the table now. What sort of cohesion and, and policy do you think needs to happen as a result of that to uh, enable these sectors to work together? Looking from the cross-sectoral lens, um, definitional alignment and, and standards is really important. You know, we have so many different ways of looking at this problem, and I think more international alignment and local alignment on what the definitions are and where we should be making change and how to report on these items is, is really, really important. Um, I also think one of the other aspects of alignment is um, multi-level alignment. So we need to empower local governments to make the changes. A lot of the changes needed are happening at the local level, but these are obviously not local problems. So making sure that local policies and local changes are tied in with national agendas, and then the national agendas are then obviously tied in with multinational agendas, and we're seeing that continuity from you know the G20 in India to COP28 and beyond. Um, so that we're giving visibility to everybody, not least the private sector, so that they know where to invest um, and where the opportunities are going to be going forward. As a final message, what would you say to the leaders and, and the government public sector leaders, particularly who will be attending COP, and, and what would be your advice to them? The number one thing is investment. There's a lot of money that's needed to make these changes. Um, and we're in a privileged position versus a lot of the world right now where we actually have governments that are able to make those investments. So I think doing that effectively is important. Um, I think the other thing that's really important is enabling private sector. To my point around diversification, government is not going to be the one to solve this problem. We need the private sector to come up with good ideas that resonate with consumers and, and other businesses. Um, and I think investing in the enablement of the entrepreneurship sector and startups to allow them to develop those innovations and scale um, will be really, really important to having viable uh, solutions for the future. Excellent. Thank you for joining us today, Laura. Thank you for having me. Thank you for watching. Keep an eye out for our next episode. And for more insights, please subscribe to the Deloitte Sustainability Regulation Hub in the link below.